0: The only thing holding them back is a lot of times is the people that are closest to them as well. They're worried about what their friends, what their family, what their wife, what whoever might think. And what I quickly found out was those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, right? Some of my closest friends were the biggest supporters. They're like, dude, One Minute Wednesday, that was awesome, man. Keep it going. Now I have a whole entire tribe of people that look forward to it. (laughs) It began with
1: two guys becoming friends around cycling, great beer, and strong coffee. This is the 2120 Podcast. Two guys, one subject, 20 minutes, zero excuses. Gee.
2: Oh, for sure. You seen that Yep.
1: Yep. Very true. There you go. All right. Let's get this podcast started. This is episode 51. That's kind of cool for Matt. You and I, we just... We, we, our first 50 done, our second 50 now on the way to 100 and beyond, and so that's kind of a cool thing to celebrate. The other cool thing to celebrate here on episode 51 is that the first time that we've actually decided to bring in a guest. We did it early with, with Elevate, but that was a little different, so now we've got a guest today, and so I want to welcome Kyle Steele to the episode. Kyle Steele is the most interesting man in leasing, <laughs> and he is the creator of one minute wednesdays you want to check him out on linkedin so like tell us a little bit about yourself
0: kyle background uh started seo expert about three years ago ventured out on my own had zero clue and zero marketing dollars so i started one minute wednesday because i knew that linkedin video was very big in that sense started one minute wednesday coming at you every Wednesday, and I had zero clue what I was doing, zero clue on how to do anything with video or anything else, but I just started. My first video, I always say you can see my nose hairs. It was t- totally terrible. I have a Bob Ross shirt on today that I, I actually still can fit into, which is a miracle in itself, and just started recording vertically, and it was terrible. You can see my nose hairs, and I talked about Bob Ross being a drill sergeant in the Air Force. And it just evolved from there, right? And that's led to a lot of different opportunities. Currently, with more Equipment Finance, uh, they, they were big fans of what I was doing from a digital perspective, and that's just kind of led to where I'm at today, where I actually have decently edited videos. People come to me for advice, and it all started because I just made the active decision to get started. That's okay, it. Okay,
1: so I'm just going to ask, like, I asked you before personally... What the heck's the deal with the hashtag, the most interesting man in leasing?
0: (laughs) So if you spend any time in the leasing industry, you will know that the leasing industry is boring, like snooze city boring. And so I always tell people, it's not because I'm that interesting. It's because the leasing industry is that boring. No innovation, no forward thinking, hardly any outward marketing or videos or anything like that. And so it comes from the the old Dos guy, right? The most interesting man in the world. So I just branded myself as the most interesting man in leasing. And if you're looking through a bunch of profiles that say senior business advisor or most interesting man in leasing, you're probably going to accept my connection. You're probably going to take a phone call. You're going to at least give me crap about who I am. So at least I get a conversation started. So I get a chance to prove you right that I'm actually interesting or prove you wrong that I'm not that big of an egotistical guy either. Right. So it, it it gets attention. You know me, I'm big on personal branding, so you can actually get through to people and it accomplishes that.
1: Well, welcome. Like it's it's, it's exciting you. to have you, man. So um you know, here's here's the thing. Matt and I drove here today to meet you and we talked to zero about what we would talk about today. And that's just how this thing goes. So today it's kinda like we're breaking convention because it's normally two guys, one conversation, 20 minutes. Now it's three guys all wearing hats and all sporting beards, by the way. That's it's, a new yeah. that's a new look for me. That's a new, <laughs> new
2: look for me that I'm debating whether it's a stay or go. It's yeah. good. It's yeah. good. And the timer, like,
1: seriously, the timer's kind of put away because I don't think we're going to contain this conversation in 20 minutes. So
2: No, I think something that stood out was the comment that I had, you know, that you made that you said, I had no idea what I was doing, but I just did it. And I think that's a great topic for today because there are so many people that want to do something different, but they're too scared to go make it happen. Instead of getting out of your way and and, and doing that, and I've I have mad respect for people that you know even in my business that quit my job to go do something else because it's what it's what they want. Like I I can't fault them for that. I give them a high five and praise and say go get it. You can always like here's my number. Call me if you need help with something or you need to come back. But you don't you don't see them come back because they they have that drive that says. I do see something cool for myself. I want to go out and get this. I want to be my own boss. And, you know, we have a buddy, Josh, and Josh started his own construction business. And he's been doing, you know, union construction for years. Like he went out on his own and you know what? Like Josh just committed. I'm going to do it and his wife got behind him and went met with Jim and got a logo and the logo's badass and now he is so booked up that my riding partner is not my riding partner anymore cuz he's too busy for me you know like i can't be mad at him cuz he's doing he's doing good things but like my buddy who used to ride a bicycle next to me on Saturdays and Sundays is now doing all his projects making bank and um no i have mad props for Josh too so uh, congrats man for for you to do that that's great
0: thank you and 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 that's the sign of a good leader right there right what you said I can't fault them for that. There's a lot of leaders that want you to think it's only safe but behind these walls. If you leave these walls, bad things will happen to you out there, right? When you say to an employee, go get them, let me know how I can help, and you give them a high five, and they're not a boomerang employee, but they know that they do have the ability to come back if needed, that's a sign of a good leader, man. Like, I don't know you, but that tells me everything that I need to know about you because you support people to help them further their growth, period. Not further their growth with Shields, not further their growth with anything else. It's about furthering their growth, period.
1: Dude, it's selfless instead of selfish. Right. Yes. Like when you can when you can celebrate somebody going out on their own and you truly mean it and you're behind them and you want to encourage them, like that is that's a sign of not just a great leader, but if that's the culture of that establishment, yep. you know, that that workplace, that is amazing. And there aren't many people that get there. A lot of times it's, hey, we wish you the best of luck, but we really don't mean it. Uh, Come back and see us sometime. We don't really mean it. No. And, you know, even in my own case, like some of those relationships that I had, they're not there anymore. Nope. uh, It it is something to really celebrate.
0: I'll never forget when I left Great America and I was going out on my own, I would see people from Great America and it was kind of like. Oh, that's Kyle. He left, right? He left the, the tribe, right? And I always say that's how you know somebody's put the cult in culture because it's not safe when you step outside of those I boundaries. Hate that word. Yes. Oh. Yes. It is. It, I, I'm actually anti culture at this point because cult is part of culture and there's way too many companies that embrace that where their leaders want to further their your career for their purpose not for your purpose. You know, and there's there's just a lot of that going on but you're right, Matt. There's there's a lot of people who the only thing holding them back is a lot of times is the people that are closest to them as well. They're worried about what their friends, what their family, what their wife, what whoever might think. And what I quickly found out was Those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind, right? Some of my closest friends were the biggest supporters. They're like, dude, One Minute Wednesday, that was awesome, man. Keep it going. Now I have a whole entire tribe of people that look forward to it, even more so on Facebook now, which is actually surprising because I just threw it up there to let people know what I was doing. But they actually look forward to it. They find inspiration in it, right? And And I've gotten a lot more inspirational, motivational with it. But when I first started, I just thought, I have $0. I need to get out. I need to let people know what I'm doing. That's it. And (laughs) sadly, what I also found out was the message did not matter whatsoever. It was the branding. Kyle Steele, SEO expert, One Minute Wednesday, when people were sitting around at a table and they're saying, do you know anybody that does marketing? Do you know anybody that does SEO? Yeah, Kyle Steele, SEO expert, One Minute Wednesday. It was that repetition. And they could probably name two or three different, you know, one-minute Wednesdays that I did, but it was the branding, the repetition that that really brought me a lot of clients through that process. You don't know where you are going to go when you start out off on the journey, right? I heard this story about Alexander Graham Bell that he didn't set out to invent the telephone. He set out for a way for deaf kids to be able to communicate with their parents, and it happened it just so happened that the telephone was that product and he was able to monetize it. And now we have, look at the iPhone, right? It all started with some wires and who, who knows what the hell else, you know, Bell used. But the point is, you don't know where that journey is going to end a lot of times when you start. When you guys started this podcast... You didn't know anything about podcasting. You knew you needed microphones. No,
2: it was just two knuckleheads talking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's all it was. And now you're on episode fifty-one. Yeah, right. That that's cool. deserves a, a a major. You know, cheers to you guys, man. Like you didn't know where it was going to lead. You didn't know what you were going to do or how to do it. You just knew. Let's just start talking. I value you as a friend and as a confidant. Let's just start talking about stuff.
1: I, I got to share a story with you guys because you you've been inspiring like this thought that I had. So last week I was working with a small group. Okay. And we don't get this group together enough. And yeah. so I'm like, we got to get, we got to get you together. And, uh, we bring them in. We're in a, we're in a, a, a place that isn't a great meeting place. Right. So we're, we're actually using a skating activity center in our hometown. And so they're sitting in the booths in there. I'm sitting on the edge of the, of the pool table. Okay. So I have, I have five or six people looking at me. First question. Why are you here today? And just kind of like you don't get you get that like why are you asking me that? And so you get the obligatory answer of like well I was told to be I'm supposed to be here I this is what I do I'm like no 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 see and I kept pressing the question why are you here you and still they kind of stumble. I probably asked that question a dozen times and I just kept pressing and emphasizing and one of the ways that I, I started to tweak it was to ask them, um, why aren't there some of the other people here? What's, what's different, you know? And so then that started to get a little different thought coming into it. And finally I, I asked it one more time and I'm like, okay, listen, why are you here? And I made eye contact with one young girl. She's in her twenties. She looks at me and she goes, I belong here. Like she said it like sort of confident, but sort of like in a question. I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere because what do you mean? What do you mean by you belong here? Like, I don't know. I have pride in what I'm doing here. And and suddenly the conversation started to change in the room. And it was so much what you were just saying. It's like, you just got to start sometimes and you got to start believing. And you just, for her to awaken to the idea that she belongs there. And yet she doesn't have an official manager title. She was just included in the process because she's got, you know, she's got the right stuff.
0: She's got it.
1: She's got it. She's got the value. She works hard. She takes care of people. Now she's got tons of room to grow too. And she knows that, but she's highly coachable. But when she said, I belong here, like I, that kind of gave me some chills
2: because that's what I want here. You and I well, Matt, she, have been, she owned it. Like she, she did. There was true ownership there. And You know, as a person who sends people to go train, before someone leaves my store, they understand why they're going. Like you're going for a reason, you're gonna go and learn this to bring it back to our store to make our crew better. And too many times, you know, there's conferences where the CEO of the business pays for six seats and they pick six people to go do this, and there's no plan of attack. So they all go. It's cool because they get a day off of work. They get a they get a lunch, but they're sitting in these meetings all day and they don't understand truly the why. There are some that go, "Oh, this is what I want. This is my this is my class," but. Half of them, well, my boss has told me I needed to be here today. Oh, perfect. So what are you going to get out of this? Well, nothing, because I don't know why I'm even here right now. Instead of being the boss and setting the stage and going, I'm sending you six because you six are going to make an impact in our company, in our store. When you get back, we're going to dissect it. You're going to come back with this. You're going to come back with that. This presentation's for you. And then they leave going, I have more of a role in this company than I than I knew like they're they're spit they're investing in me being gone for an entire day tickets are five hundred bucks for this thing like I got to come back now and and bring something back to the table where you know that that one girl said I belong here like she knew why she was there she wanted to be there and you can see that when you kick off a conference the ones that want to be there because they're on the edge of their seats they have their notepads and they can't they're wait for you to go, go. Yeah. and <laughs> then you see the one that's like already nodding off and like you just know that there's zero chance he's gonna do anything with this when it's it's all said and done
0: and that's. That's a great point because how many people do you know where they say, why are you here? Well, we had training credits that we needed to accumulate. What a terrible reason to send an employee to a conference and waste 500 bucks, right? That person said, I belong here, right? She's not an actual leader per se, but they saw something in her and are investing in her. And so she's saying, I belong here. That's a powerful statement. And also as a speaker, I know you're looking at her like that's my Huckleberry. I'm yeah. riding with her today, right <laughs> like that's that's who I'm speaking with if 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 I can just get through and empower her in some way, shape or form, you see that in the real estate world where it's like why are you here today? well we need we need you know CUs we need you know real estate class credits, right so course credits that's why they they need it in order to maintain their license. What a terrible reason to take a class. You're just checking the box. There's no value. Your time is so valuable, right? Your time is the most valuable asset you have. And so many leaders and so many employees allow their time to be wasted. Like, that's why land, you know, I always say that's why lawn care companies are are still in business. Because if I can pay somebody an hour to mow my lawn, that hour I can use to, you know, do 800 other things that are more productive. Everybody knows how to mow their lawn. Yeah. Right. But if you're just sending somebody to check the box that we needed training, but that was your Huckleberry.
1: Dude, so when you say the Huckleberry, right, I, I just, I'm thinking of Doc Holiday.
0: Yep. That's right. <laughs> right. That's, I know that's where you're going. But <laughs> yep.
1: so anyway, you know, the thing that was so cool about um, the person that said it, she's the youngest person in the room. And the way, again, I can't stress enough, like she said it, like, because I belong here, you know, with that question at the end, she was looking for a little validation, but it was that, um, that innocence around it, that humility. And quite honestly, the other people in the room were old enough to be her, her mom or dad. Okay. Yeah. And so, so the crazy thing was, is the youngest person was the first person to go to the place because that, you, know, you know, that, you know, that I'm trying to take them to yeah, because they saw an opportunity and they, and, and just kudos back again to her because she was brave enough to say what I think others maybe we're thinking about, I'm not sure that maybe they were afraid to say. And that that's just huge because that's, that's the kind of people, Matt, you and I talked recently about who do you want on your team? If you're going to sit down and talk to somebody, you call them in and, and you're like, Hey, we need to see some change here. Or, or maybe it's a little bit more of a, of a positive meeting. It's like, listen, you've got some opportunities to go and here's where you need to get go. Like if you, when you conquer these next three things, like, wow, like the is the limit kind of thing. You want to see that person show some, fire. You want to see some energy. You want to see some excitement. You don't want to see like, oh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it my best. I, th- you know, that's not what you want to see.
2: Yeah. I, I, my brain starts going into a different direction with like, you know, being the presenter and asking that question, you know, why are you here? And you get the, uh, I don't know. Or you get the, well, my boss told me I had to be here. Or you get the well, we have training credits we have to use, like you're you're not building my ego up, so I, I do a good job for you, like you're you're telling me you do not want to be here, but then it also turns into like challenge accepted, you know, like you're gonna leave with something. You know, and you may pour more into that one young lady because she she's she's your gal. But you just had three people tell you that they really don't want to be here. So now it's on me to give you more. So when you leave, you go, man, I'm glad I, w- I was here. You know, and I think that's the that's a pretty loaded question to start at, start it off. And you know, when you don't plant the room right, where you get the wrong answer out of the gate, it could steer the entire presentation in a different direction because it's just, it's kind of demoralizing a little bit when they don't tell you, well, we're here because of what you have to say today. Oh, okay. So now what do I do? You know, like I have to do something different. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It really is.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a baller move too by you. Like you've got to be really confident in what you're following up for the other 59 hour 59 all day. Oh yeah.
2: Like, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I've here, seen it. I've seen it where yeah. you're, you're dead in the water and it's like, he's not coming back from this. Oh yeah, And no. there's panic in the, the presenter's well, eyes. Keep in now, mind, I wasn't,
1: this wasn't a speaking, this was more of a coaching training session, sure. right? So that is different because you know. I had the ability to hang there as long as we needed to hang there. And we did hang there for probably 15 minutes because once we got past the, uh, here's why I'm supposed to be here. Crap. And we moved into, I belong here. It changed like, suddenly the mood in the whole room shifted and it became different. And then I, I did a Matt Phippen and later on in the session, we we did the excuses thing. And so we wrote down excuses and which came back later on. So I had it kind of mapped out in on a little, like a, literally a little notepad. This is what we're going to hit today. And uh, I don't know. It was, it was just a ton of fun, but
2: yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it sparked conversation. Like, you know, she, when you do a click on someone and they say, this is why, and you start building off that, it does create excitement in the room with somebody else. Because early in the room, you got three guys that sit down, I don't know you, and it's a little awkward, and we're starting to get to know each other. But by the end, we're like, oh, high five, and this is, we're hanging out for a beer later, whatever it may be. It's, it's no different than any training session. Like when we send people to universities, day one is awkward, you know, because you're sizing up everybody in the room. And then by day five, when it's over, nobody wants to go home. Because of all the relationships that you've built. So, you know, to this young lady, like keying on her, getting her to open up, I guarantee you sparked thoughts in these other people that are in the room that go, yep, I am supposed to be here for this. And mm-hmm. it, things start to, to slowly roll. But man, you hit the the wrong one first and you, you're, you're backpedaling a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. My
0: stupid boss sent me here. Oh, great. Yeah,
2: thanks. <laughs> Well,
1: and at that point, it's kind of like, yeah, well, my stupid boss, I'm here to speak to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Yeah. No, like, show up. Like, show up like you mean it. Like, where did we start? We started about talking about celebrating just somebody willing to dive in and, like, kind of bringing it back to that concept is you, you got to own it. Matt, those were your words a few minutes ago. You, what, what she did, she owned it. And so each person, you got to own it because nobody is going to give you permission. You should not be waiting around for permission to try to do to like step into what you are are feel like you're called to do or that you want to pursue. And anytime that I hear anybody that just says, "Well, uh, I mean, it's just excuses, right?" They, they, I don't have time to do that, or I don't know how, or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's that's going to keep you right where you're at.
0: I made I made the conscious decision probably when I was about. 10 years old that whatever i'm doing i'm going to be enthusiastic and i am i always tell people i'm like a golden retriever right like most people walk into a networking event they're like oh my god i don't know anybody here this is terrible and i i'm just like a golden retriever like this is my jam a bunch of strangers they're all gonna love me by the time i'm done because i i genuinely love talking to people and i mean It's like clearing branches. I'm the most enthusiastic dude like clearing branches, right, on a podcast. I'm going to be like the most enthusiastic guest that you guys have, well, because I'm the first, but also, right, because I genuinely enjoy being around people. And whatever you're going to do, do it with enthusiasm. If you don't like it, then don't do it, right? You have a choice to say, no, I'm not going to that training. I don't find value in it. But if somebody's going to come there and that's your profession, and I'm in the audience, I'm going to be the first one to speak up and say, "Hey, I, I've got you, right? I've got you. Let's let's do this. I'm going to buy in." And as a speaker, as a coach, or anything else, you've got to have that first follower in that audience and say. Like I said, you're my huckleberry, like we're in this together now, right? You've got to find that one person that's going to influence the rest of the group. I always use the example that Phil Jackson didn't have to convince all the Chicago Bulls. He just had to convince Jordan. And once he got Jordan on board, everything else fell into place. You know, and as a leader, when you're coaching new leaders, that's a very important thing to sit down. And I always talk to new leaders about the concept of the first follower. Find whoever is the voice of the locker room within that organization and follow them. Because anybody else, if you you make friends with the person that doesn't have a whole lot of respect or the low performer, then all of a sudden you're not going to get that credibility. But, you know, with that, it sounds like a lot of people see themselves in younger people, right? So when that girl spoke up, that lady spoke up, excuse me, a lot of people said, yes, that was me once. I was enthusiastic. I belonged here. Like, this is something that I need to do. Uh, that's powerful. And you wrote it. And how did the rest of the training turn out? Obviously, well. It's phenomenal.
1: It was, I mean, seriously, it was, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Yeah. But. It was a great, and I left there feeling good. And when people left, they were like, sincerely got, so it's one thing, you know, when you, when you leave a training like that and people are like, Hey, great job today. Yeah. But when you have people that, so I'm, I'm going to contrast this with another person that was in that group and I don't want to identify gender or anything like that. Well, I have to, like, I'm going to say it she. she came to me and she looked at me and she goes, thank you so much. Now, uh, there's a whole lot more going on in that situation than, mm-hmm anybody is going to know at this table or our listeners are going to know for her to say that was freaking breakthrough. Like it was really, really cool. So that felt awesome. You know, it just, because what it is, is, uh, what, what that group tends to miss out on is that they're so focused on, uh, the executing of a day to day, high pressure stress, go, 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 that they, I mean, to feel appreciated and recognized at times it's absent and so we're working on that. We're working on that because that is so freaking huge. I, I said it before. Um, one of the, the greatest words that I ever had spoken to me were, I believe in you. And like, you tell me that look out because I, you just unleashed me. Yep. And I'm, I'm on push now. What's yep.
2: that? You made it, you use the word breakthrough. Yeah. And it's that breakthrough moment for both of you guys. When you guys decided to go out on your own and do your, do your thing, when something hits you in the face and it's like, I'm doing this, like this is, this, is, this is working now. Like I'm glad I'm, I'm taking this step and it's that reassurance that I am doing the right thing. And th- there may be times where, you know, out of the gate, you're, you start second guessing yourself. Oh man, is this like, am I really doing this? And then you, I gotta keep going, I gotta keep going. And then you have that one defining moment where it all clicks and you go, yes, this is what I needed. I can I can drive forward now. And that wheel is slowly starting to move where early on there is doubt. You know, there is the, man, I have a, a family of, th- you know, three girls and a wife, and can I really change my career, you know, halfway through my year and do this? I better not. And you start talking to people and like, yeah, go for it. Let's, let's make it happen. Then at the end of the day, it's on you, you know, to, to do it. But when you have that breakthrough, oh crap, this is real now and it's working, it's like the the fun starts to come Dude, and when, the stress goes away.
1: When you are 100% responsible... It-
2: like safety nets
1: aren't there anymore. Like you can't hide. Like it's, you either do or you don't like you do or you starve.
0: (laughs) Here's the range of emotions that I experienced as (laughs) as an entrepreneur in, in one day's time. This is the greatest thing that I've ever done. Why didn't I wait so long? What the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Uh, Can my family still collect my life insurance if I just get in a car accident because I don't know what I'm doing now. And then you get a call from a client and you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? This is the greatest thing I've done. And that's in one day, right? Like you, you've gone through it. Like that range of emotions is so peaks and valleys and just all over the place that (laughs) I'll never forget driving back from Des Moines and speaking with one of my first clients that, that we had And speaking with them, and I was literally in tears after I got off the phone because I'm like, I'm really helping small businesses better themselves and get more business. Like, I'm uh, allowing, I'm chasing my dream and allowing people to chase theirs at the same time. Like, I was literally in tears because, and that was about three, four months in. I'm like, finally, that was like, like you said, the breakthrough moment, right? Where I was like, I'm actually doing things that matter and I can see tangible you know, tangible growth within these relationships. And that was, that was huge. I'll never forget. I was right outside Tama, just, you know, tears coming down. Like I'm doing this, I'm actually doing this. And then, and then I found out about payroll taxes about a week later and that erased that. So, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't think that every leader is
2: cut out to do what you guys are talking about. I think the, Reality smacks them in the face, and if they're not a strong, confident leader, they can easily just eject and be done, and go, "Okay, I quit. I got to go back to doing what I'm doing." And and they're gone when they've already committed, they're already working towards a goal, but they've had that that run of like bad luck, and it's like, "Oh, I can't do this." You know, I'm thinking about Josh, and when he came to me and told me, I was one of the first guys that he wanted to tell. You know, I he respects my opinion very much. He does, and I could have easily said. You can't do that. What are you thinking right now? You got a family and like, yeah, this is union. Like you're, you're good to go. But I was so excited for him. And like for my, my first, like, I remember saying like, we got to go to gym. I, I see a logo with your beard and a hat and like, I'm, I'm designing his logo for him and I'm not even on his, t- his team yet. <laughs> And we're already, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So then we got to do Instagram. He's like, I, I just got to get like the stuff started first, yeah, yeah. you know, but I was already light years seeing him, you know, father and son down the road doing this. Like he's going to be fine. But he, like he, he came to me because he wanted my opinion. Well, in a, in a, if I was in a bad spot, I would say, yeah, well, I tried that. It didn't work. And like, why are you any better than me? And you, you go, well, okay. Yeah. You're probably, you're probably right. And then it's done.
1: You're a builder though.
2: Like, see that sure.
1: you're an encourager. You, yeah. you, and in fact, you're also a challenger. So when oh yeah, you, there was a lot of challenges too. Yeah. I had questions for him yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 And, and, and even, you know, in the sense of the, being a challenger, I also see you as like calling out the crap, like, you know, you, you, you care enough about the person to speak truth and honesty to them. And and, uh, you don't let them like just slide. Sliding is not okay for Matt Fippin. <laughs> no.
2: And that's why I get, I get, I get so pissed off when, um, you know, projects that, that have money and funding don't get going. Yes. And it's like, give me that money. I'll, I'll take it. I'll do something really, really cool with it. And it happens in our community all the time where, oh, we got this grant for this. And then we just, everybody sits on their hands where it's like, freaking give it to me. I'll figure out how to make it work. And people are just, they just let it go. I just
1: got to say something real quick, what? because
2: like we're talking about Matt Fippen, like Matt
1: Fippen's a, like a punctual dude mm-hmm. and like goals and you like all this stuff. You don't like slide Dan Gable, like coach Dan Gable The Dan knows Gable. Knows not to show up to Matt's appointments late. Oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> Even he, I heard him yeah, say heard it, him
1: say his own words. Like he's like,
2: "Oh, I know. I don't show up late for when Matt's T- yeah, got a Ter- deadline." Terry Brands and Matt Pippin. I don't ever, I don't be really like, because I'll never hear the he's end so of it. So sweet. <laughs> yeah. No. It's yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that, but no. I like going back to my thought about money because there's so much money, and oh, these organizations have it, but then they they just they don't want, they don't do anything with it because they don't have guys that all right, I'll be there tomorrow at 7 a.m. Let's make it happen. Uh, well, I, I'll get up to like 7:30. Well, it's fine. I'll be there at 7 a.m. So I'll be ahead of you with the time you get there. And like that that's that's so frustrating and you know kind of to rewind a little bit too. I'm thinking of like the employee that isn't right for your culture, but they find something else and they're happier now because of it. and you help them see that you're not sure. right for us but you're right for somebody you know and we have a line at our store in our company called we promoted you to customer like our goal is when if if, if it doesn't work out you know it, you like talked about the tribe and how he's not part of the tribe anymore no you're still part of our tribe because you're now one of our customers like we want you coming back and, and and buying from us we don't want to see you at a competitor because we burned that bridge and now you're saying screw you guys I'm going somewhere else you know but you know i i I've, I've, I've two people just popped into my head That weren't doing well in in my store, weren't right for our culture, but they found something else, and like they are super happy, thriving right now in their in this other this other company, and like you're happy for them because. We benefited because we got better because we found somebody that filled that spot that was, was better for us. They got better because they love going to work now and their company picked up an, a, a, a rock star. So there's, there's both sides of the coin. You know, you know, the person that just wants to get after it and, and leaves and find something bigger for them or the person that is struggling that needs something different. Like sometimes you have to help them see that too and, and push them out of the nest a little bit to do something else. And it has
1: nothing to do with about, nothing to do with them being a good person right i mean it's i think sometimes people get too attached that um i can think of somebody from my past that their identity was so wrapped up in their job title and their income that they didn't know who they were and so at a moment they lost those jobs they lost their identity yep. and would sink into this really low spot and so the best companies work on outplacement and we're going to set you up for success and they have to be honest with them, too. You know, you got to be honest about these are the areas that, that this didn't work. Hey, if you can work on this and that, you're going to be great. Yeah. And just helping them, like, again, seeing them as a human being instead of that employee.
0: And it's a generational thing as well, right? I I think, I don't know you guys' ages, but I kind of view you as more, you know, gravitate towards more of the the Gen X or like me, right? Where you're kind of in the middle, just kind of figuring things out boomers, for, for a large part, and I know like boomer, millennial, like all that, it's become a bad word because people have ruined it. But there's a guy, Stephen Shepard, came in and talked about generational leadership. And boomers largely tied their success and who they are and their identity to their career. Millennials really tie it to the causes that they, they serve and, and things of that nature. And then Gen X is kind of in the middle. We were the latchkey generation where we just kind of figured it out. Not saying our parents were bad but we raised ourselves right we figured things out on our own and when it comes to it a lot of times when you go to set out on your own a lot of times our parents who are largely from that boomer generation view it as you know you are tied to your job title so having a, a son who's you know an entrepreneur it's like well wait you know we want him to be a doctor lawyer we want you know have a successful title because that's who they are Whereas, you know, in the middle, you're just kind of the leadership style for, I would say for, for man, I don't know you that well, but is probably largely of, here's what I need you to do. Let me know what you need to get there along the way. I'm here to help in any way possible, right? You just kind of, you're not going to micromanage, right? Because that's a lot of us have been micromanaged and we don't respond well to that. Here's what I need you to do. Here's what I expect the outcome to be. Let me know if you need help along the way I'm here for you. And then you let them figure it out. And that's what our generation has done a lot of is just figured it out on our own, right? And so I think that's, that's really what what a lot of the the leadership style that we can bring is allowing people to, you know, have scars and you learn from those scars and you look back and that's what really shapes you. But that boomer generation largely tied themselves to their title and their job and their income and everything else. And we don't and millennials are even further removed from that because it's a lot of the the causes that they are, right They don't hey, you rarely hear a millennial say, "What do you do for a living right? It's like, what are you interested in?" And it's the causes. I mean that's that's you know that's what I've noticed because I always tell people I'm like, if you ever want to find out, you know, have a really good conversation with somebody and actually find out about a generation. there's two very powerful tools one's called coffee the other's called beer like those are the two most powerful things in networking that you can ever have and use to your to your advantage 100% 100%
1: yeah you know
0: you know, buying into that vision
2: i was thinking of like trail building and how nobody had a clue how to build a trail you know so you bring in this organization that you, you know builds trail for a living they know this inside and out they teach 10 people how to do this via a presentation then mm-hmm. we go out to the trail with tools and we start building something. And, you know, like Jim and I are, you know, doing it the wrong way or the right way. Who knows what we were doing. But, you know, when it was all said and done, you know, you look back and went, holy shit, we just built 10 feet of trail. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is so cool. Yeah. And like the, the kid or whoever was there that, you know, has no business even being out there like is now falling in love with trail building because of just getting pulled into something. You know, how many times as a leader, you know, do you just grab someone and say, Hey, I need you today. Come, come roll, roll your sleeves up with me. Let's do this. And because you grabbed them, you took the time, like they're willing to do whatever, like they had a blast, you know, they learned so much. And now like they're one of your guys or they're one of your gals now because you just said, I I need you today. And you showed them something, you know, like we, we live in a world where there's a lot of broken homes and families where the, the first sign of a true dad is a coach or a mm-hmm. PE teacher that, you know, sees a kid and pulls him aside. Or even, you know, a, a teacher like my wife who, you know, preschool, like, is a, truly a mother figure that's sure. teaching them, you know, not, not to go pee in their pants, like it's just it's just crazy like wh- where that is but you know as a leader it's everywhere you know are you looking for that next person that you could pour into and do something cool with or are you so focused on the bottom line which is dollars and cents that your head's in the wrong area. Like focus on that person. That helps you get to your dollars and cents. You know, getting them on your team, getting them to buy into the vision. And then you look like like a guy like me, 20 some years later, I'm still with the company where I could have easily, you know, jumped from this to this to this. And because of one guy saying, like, I see good things, come with us. Like I followed, you know, and looking back, I wouldn't I would never change anything. But you know, as that boss, you got to get out of your office. You got to get on the floor. You got to go talk to your people and, you know, let them know that you're not just a letterhead on on the side of the wall. Like, you're, you're actually a person that, you know, is truly worth everything, you know, and they're going to give everything to you and, like, have fun with it. But, man, I think there's too many times where that door is always closed and you don't know who that guy is behind the office because you never <laughs> get to see him or you do when he leaves at 5 o'clock to go home.
1: I love what you said, Matt. Like, this is <clears> – <throat> I just think this is fundamental to leadership. You cannot expect people to do well when you just sit there and tell them to go and do it. So here's a list of things. Go and do it. The best leaders are going to go take them over there. They're going to talk them through it. They're going to show them and support them and make sure that they have the tools. Be there to answer the questions. Encourage them when they do it right. Help them when they fall. Like It's just the most simple things. And yet. Your point, we get a lot of busyness, we get focused on the wrong things, and we're looking at the analytics, the metrics, and and the numbers and all this, and we forget that there's a human being over there that's going, like they told me how to do this, but I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And that is a scary place to be. And then you find out later that you you just went and you did it, and they never provided any feedback for you until it's review time. And oh, sorry, Matt, sorry, Jim, sorry, Kyle. What you did today uh, or what you've been doing for the last year or six months or whatever the time period is, isn't what we wanted. And it's like, that's on you as a leader. Then. Yes. That's not on the employee. That is 100% on the leader to come back and say, if that was to happen, here's the right way to handle it. I, clearly, I have not helped you. Like We've got a miss. So I'm going to recommit and I'm going to work with you on this because we need to get to here and together we're going to get there. Instead of saying you didn't and you shouldn't and why, why didn't all these questions that you could have or the blame game, because like that doesn't build people, building people is is like coming alongside with them, cutting out 10 feet of trail together, whether, whether that's in an office, a manufacturing environment, tech industry, don't care. That's, that's the way you do it. You come alongside.
0: Well, yeah. And that, that's why Washington was well-respected as a general because he's a field general, right? Like he sucked at being in Valley Forge and like sitting there and drawing up plans and like relaying messages. He was a field general, right? And you've got you you need both. You need somebody behind that can concentrate and not have the distractions of being on the field, but you also need that good field general type. And Matt, it sounds like that's who you are mm. as a person. I agree. Is you're 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 on the field with them. Leaders just the, the worst thing that has ever happened to you know, businesses is quarterly reporting because now you're just chasing that quarterly number because you need to report good numbers back And to it's corporate. always looking backwards. That's right. That's right. You're never looking forward and you don't have a lot of leaders are not afforded the time to develop people the way that they need to be developed. So you're developed into a money-making machine each quarter, as opposed to actually developing long-term leaders and long-term followers within the company as well. Matt, there's people that work for you or work with you that should never be a leader, right? Should never be a leader. But because they've been there a long time, people have that expectation that Leadership is something that you should always aspire to. No, there's some terrible, terrible people that are leaders because they've been appointed that because they've been in their position three, four, five, six years. Leadership is a very lonely place.
1: Yeah, the problem with that too is I'm I'm the leader now, so I've arrived. I don't have to learn
0: anymore. Yeah. I'm the boss.
1: I know it all. And that's we you're still sitting here looking at each other, smiling. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, because that's not true like your learning curve has just begun like it's going to continue now there's there's no arrival when it comes to being good at that
0: no And, and and you have so much respect as a leader from your team when it's obvious that you're doing everything for your team as opposed for people outside of the team and the way that a lot of companies are structured is that that leader needs to perform for people outside of the team as opposed to the team itself right washington was all about the troops and he knew that he had to have the heart, mind and soul of his troops. Nothing else. Right? Not Congress, because Congress was actually <laughs> true to form, morons back in the day, right? And promoting people. And there's a whole story about Benedict Arnold. I could tell you about that. But the point is this you need to have the heart, mind and souls of your people. And Matt, I would take it that a lot of pe a lot of your people respect you because you do what's best for them. Right? I said I had you, you know, I have my assumption of you within five seconds when you said I give him a high five and, you know, tell him I can help you in any way, shape or form. That's a field general that gets the respect of the troops.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, observing is a big thing because if, you know, if you just sit back and watch things, you learn so much, you know, you learn that I've observed Jim come to work every day and today something's wrong. He's not his chipper self. So I need to go talk to Jim, you know, um, you know, I think of, you know, three daughters right now, two in junior high, one in, in, in elementary school, and you're starting to see some of the catty girl drama show up and, you know, like my oldest, like it kind of bounces off of her, but doesn't really bounce off of her. You know, like you could tell she was frustrated with some things last night. Um, if I'm not around and I, I don't see that, you know, like the. It, it it starts to build and then it turns bad, you know, and then it turns into something that you I don't even want to go down that road. But, you know, good leaders are there and sometimes they're not there, but they're still there. You know, the crew sees you as, you know, you are my leader. I can go to you and I I can get help and I know my your door is always open. But as a leader that is not there, you're still observing things. You know, the it's so funny, especially in our offices, you know, we have tons of offices and you can sit in an office, you can hear conversations going on in other rooms. I'm not in that conversation, but I know exactly what's going on in that, in that room. I'm, I'm, I'm aware I'm, I'm around it. Um, they just don't know that, that I am there, you know? So like, it's, you know, as a field general with with Washington, like he saw things happening and he was reacting towards those things that that were happening. And it's no different in business. When you start seeing something happen, like good or bad, if it's good, we start, you know, dumping more fuel on that fire to keep it, to keep it going. But if it's bad, like we have to squash it right away. Otherwise it turns into something else. And, um, you know, good leaders, uh, have tons of job security because there's always both sides happening every day. You know, you're either driving success or you're finding a way to, you know, to change, to change something. And, um, you, you just need, you know, at the end of the day, it all goes back to good people on your team and, you know, are you, are you truly leading them?
0: Well in in you that's something that I call stacking and James you probably have like a correct term for it but I I view it as a Jenga tower right Like when you see an issue, you've got to address it right away. Otherwise, you have this large Jenga tower that's wobbly. And when that thing tips over, you've got a mess on your hands and you've got to pick it all up. And now you're talking about issues from three, four, five, six, a year ago, right? And now you can't pick up those pieces. There's no way that you can pick up those pieces. And there's there's things that are in place. Like you said, you need to be observant as a leader. That's a huge, you know nail on the head and I'll I'll use an example with my wife where you know during so she works in healthcare, you know, coronavirus, all that stuff going on, right? At the very beginning of it. Well, she had been missing a little bit of work. And so instead, so her employer could sit down and say, Lisa, you've been here six years. You've never missed time. What's going on in your life? Like what's going on with you? Right. Like we need to help, you know, what's what's going on? Because we had, you know, my son, you know, we were trying to get him to cross the finish line of graduation, right? Coronavirus, she can't go out, we can't socialize, like all these things had stacked up. And instead of having the conversation of what's going on in your life, like a good leader, like like Matt would do, it's we're putting you on a verbal warning for attendance. What message does that send to your employee? You've been there six years. You have an attendance policy in place as an HR representative to be able to identify when things are really going on. Like, real things happen over a career. How long have you been with Shields? 20-plus years. Okay. In 20-plus years, think about it. People get married. People get divorced. People, you know, you have kids. Those kids have issues. Your parents die. Like, there's a million things that happen over 20-plus years. And you can't possibly expect somebody to be a hundred percent consistent and the person you are today is very different than you were 20 years ago. So it's it it just infuriates me when HR policies are in place to protect the company, not the employee. Right? As an HR director, that was a huge fail on the on the part of my wife's employer because she's been a model employee for six years, and now she's having some real issues in life, and instead of saying what can we do to help? It's we're putting you on a verbal warning. Like that's not the right answer. But if you're an observant leader, who cares, right? Because you can be an observant leader to be a micromanager, <laughs> right? We've sure. all seen that. Oh, yeah. But if you're an observant leader who cares, like Matt, then that that situation is handled way differently.
2: You use the word policy, and no oh. one no one wants to hear, especially a customer. Well, our return policy is this. No, I just want you to take care of me. Yeah. You know, as a customer, like I know you can, I, I I understand why you have policies, but just take care of me today. And it's no different than your wife and well, our policy is we have to sit down and talk to you. And this is a verbal, that goes in your file. Well, I understand I, I work here, but you know the dynamic changes when that leader sits down and says, Hey, like something's going on What what's going on right now. Yeah. And you know what, as a good leader, like I'm still probably going to document it and put something in our file, but it's not going to be this. Well, I have to do this today because I'm the boss and you need to sign here because you were late. It's just me having a conversation. I'm going to take a piece of paper and write down Kyle and I talked today about this. He's struggling with this and it goes in the file. Yeah. But the human side gets pushed away because I can't be compassionate I can't, like, I could get in trouble. Like, I, I, I can't say things like this. I can't ask that question because of all these things that could, you know, HR world could go back on us when the answer is, I'm just going to see how you're doing. And if I'm a good leader, I've been around long enough to know that something's not right yep. and you and I have a good relationship. So you coming to me and me having a, a tough question, you're going to be able to answer it and we're going to be good when it's all said and done. And then I can help you fix the problem, mm-hmm. get a solution to it long-term. Where it turns into per policy, I have to have a conversation with you because you were late today. And then like you instantly just see the yep. I'm like the push away from the desk. I'm I'm already struggling, I'm already having I'm dealing with some shit right now. And now you're adding you're adding this to it. And it just it just makes it worse. And then it, it if it's done poorly, it drives a wall between me and you. Because now if I if I was, you know, confident coming to see you. I may not come because you dropped the word policy on me and we've had six years of history and like you can see I'm struggling with something. Just I I need your help. Yeah. You know, but because of business, because of not getting in trouble, because we don't want our hands slapped, you come into the you come into the meeting with the paper already filled out and they know it's not good. Like they know they're late. They know they didn't make it to work on time. They know they're probably gonna have a sit down conversation. But it could go it could go in just a different direction if you allow it to go
0: that way. It's a cry for help, right? It is a it's a subliminal cry for help. I'll never forget Sitting down with an employee, this is when I was at Great America, and I loved, I, I got out of leadership not because of any of my employees, it was because of, you know, peripheral, right, or outside influences. And that, that's why majority of people do get out, you know, get out of leadership because your personal values are conflicting with what you're being asked to do. And that was exactly what happened with me. And so I went into sales, never looked back, but I'll never forget sitting down with an employee who had that same, you know, a similar situation. I'm just like, what's going on, right? Not, not even going to talk to HR about this, but, and then we sat down and I'm like, okay, well, and there's a lot of stuff going on in this person's personal life. Like just, life happens, right? Life, you've been chills 20 plus years. Life happens. And I'll never forget, and I'm like, did you know we have an awesome employee assistance program where you can get counseling, you can get this? And so that's part of your job as a leader is connecting them to the resources, either personally or professionally, so that they can get the help that they deserve. And that's what I was able to do. And then here's the fun part about that. Two years later, that employee came to me and said, hey, so-and-so is having issues, and I Said, you need to call this person with mercy on their helpline and walk, you know, have them walk through it. It was, I don't know if you remember this, but remember when the courthouse was being built in 08, 09, 2010. I can't even remember. It's all one year, right? Um, that just merged together. But there was a guy that fell off the building and had collapsed to his to his death for Ryan companies. Did you guys ever okay? So one of our employees, you know, a lot of employees actually saw that happen live. That's a traumatic experience, right? <laughs> I remember, you know, HR being like, well, should they use sick time or what? I'm like, I don't care what time they use floating holiday. I don't know what time they use, but they need time off to process this. Like, let's get these people some help because when you see that, right, you need to You didn't wake up that morning expecting to that's see That's exactly like that. right.
1: And that will impact your ability to focus, your your yes. ability to serve a customer or a fellow employee, whatever it
0: is. Yes, you saw a human being like literally, you know, in front of you. I mean, I, I can't even talk about it because it's so it's just you know, you, you can't even process that is and so it's like what big time here and I'm going on an HR rant. Sorry, Matt, but I I think that I think, you know, HR has gotten so far away from actually being a resource for human beings, right? When I hear terms like human capital management, I'm like, are we in the hunger games or are we in like, you know, Agree. human capital management sounds like something out of the hunger games, not out of like talent acquisition, right? Like I think of like, you do, you know, you do like cattle herd management. You don't do human capital management. What's that? Human capital? That is that is like a terrible term. HR has gotten so far away from the human aspect, and we need to get back to that. And you know what? And sometimes the the, the biggest HR representative is a leader like Matt that steps in, like James that steps in, is able to manage that relationship where Okay. I'm done with my HR rank. Let go me ahead, just say guys. it this yeah. way.
1: Lead people manage projects. Thank you. That's it. Yes. Lead people manage projects. If you do it the other way, you know, if you're managing people and you're leading projects, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And that's what's gonna lead to you so many of those instances that you're just talking about there. Yeah. It becomes policy driven. It becomes I forget how to be a human being today. And like you know, you guys have all said people go through stuff. And so maybe maybe somebody like Matt, I remember a couple of years ago, you called me in the morning. Hey, can you run over? I'm on my way home, but your dog was sick Mm -hmm. and that day was going to be his last day. That was tough. And you just said, Hey, can you go help Danielle with some stuff? It's just about being human. Like we can do that for people. And, um, that was a friend situation right there, but I'm pretty confident in knowing that if you had one of your team members, you would sympathize or empathize to that situation and be able to go, I understand. I get it. Do what you need to do. We'll cover, you know, this is, we don't have to have a policy for everything. What we need are values, yeah. values
2: guided. It's a part of the culture. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, early on, I think of how I was a poor leader. And you know, I remember taking a phone call from someone who was calling in because they were sick. And through the conversation, they ended up showing up, coming to work because I steered the conversation in a way that they thought, well, I'm, I am sick, but I, I, have, I need to go in because matt needs me there and i'm looking at going like years and fast forward you go that was so stupid appreciate you being sick get feeling better we'll be here when you get back let us know if you need anything and leave it at that but here's someone that's calling him that's physically been throwing up you know whatever it was and because i made them feel like they needed to be at work today they came to work because they, they wanted to they, they thought they needed to be there it, you know you have to assume goodwill. You have to assume that you hired the best person for the job. They're going to be great for you. They are a great human being, and I teach it in sales training. Where you know we hired you because you're an awesome human being. Like it's a sell products. We're not we're not hiring you because you're a sales associate. You're going to be a human being who gets to sell stuff. That's that's the cool side of things. And you know, sell sell stuff because you want to because it's your passion and because you have connections with this customer don't sell something because this is your this is your job title and if you've done a good job in hiring that trust ought to be there yeah. right and it and it's good because you like you know to, to go back with your story I may look at it and go, I I don't need, I'm fine. I saw that thing happen. It wasn't a big deal in my eyes, but to you, you're like, you're freaking out going, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I need to process this. But we kind of put ourselves in that person's shoes and go, well, if it was me, I'd be here the next day. And we talk about, um, you know, having babies at work, you know, and well, the, the dad doesn't get much time off. Well, well, I, I only took a week. I only needed a week. Well, I was back the next day and my wife was fine. She was good. And it's like, everybody's different. Like if, the, if he needs a week to go be with his child, let him go be with his child for a week. You don't, you don't understand like what, what she needs compared to what I needed. You know, I had a mother-in-law and my mom and sisters that were all there. Like I didn't need to be there. So I could go back to work, work the next day if I wanted to. You but wanted to leave the house. I wanted to leave the house. Like <laughs> I, I want to go back to work. And <laughs> you know, hopefully Daniel not listening to this right yeah. now, but you know, it's, it's, it, everybody's different, but we just kind of put ourselves in that role and go, well, if it was me, I'd do back to work the next day. No questions asked. I've, I've, and if like from this too, like I'm thinking of myself of, well, there's been multiple times I've been super sick and I've, I've come to work. So why, why do you get the day off? No, don't do that. Get out of your way. Tell them, get feeling better. Tell them, call me if you need anything. And guess what? Next day, they're back to work. They're, they're feeling great. The, the, it's good.
0: The, the, the best line that I learned in all of, I don't know if you guys have ever read First Break, All the Rules, but it's a, it's a really good book on leadership, right? The biggest thing that I ever learned from that book was that the golden rule is wrong. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. That's incorrect, right? It's the platinum rule of treat others the way that they want to be treated. Like, for instance, Matt, if I'm working for you and I'm salesperson of the quarter, I want a ticker tape parade. I want you know, I want to be going down Main Street, people throwing, you know, confetti, all this other stuff. You might have another. Impl- now, that's me. If I did that for some of your employees, they would be literally hiding underneath the float and being like, this is the most embarrassing day of my life. So. What matters to them? Maybe it's, you know, you get them a gift card for the brown bottle downtown and tell them to go have a nice, you know, meal or whatever that is. Treating other, others the way that they want to be treated is huge with leadership because leaders often say, I did it this way, so you'll do it this way because this is the right way. And that's tough, right? Because and I'll let me ask you this. Did you treat people calling in um who had sick kids differently before you had kids or think about that differently?
2: I'm I'm sure I did, you know, (laughs) like we were, I mean, you have no responsibilities, so I'm always working and then it's, well, I'm always getting the other side is then you're having somebody stay and help out well you're always coming to me because i don't have any kids and you know like it's different because yeah. i'm, I'm I have nothing going on well no i i i asked you because you're always one that wants to step up no you're the, you're coming to me because i don't have this <laughs> this and this like so it opens up a more, more can of worms instead of you know just being compassionate and going i get it yep i totally understand we'll figure it out we always figure it out don't worry about us get better and the next day they come in and they're better and, and it's good and you didn't like there was a stronger connection, connection there. Um, but I, I think you have to be careful too, because there are some that, you know, this is the fourth or fifth call a month that, oh, he's sick again, you know, but then that opens up another can of yeah, uh, topic for another different well, time. Well,
1: yep. that's, and that's kind of what I was thinking is like, oh my gosh,
2: let's how much time do we have today? Right. Yeah.
1: But let's, um, as we kind of wind down here, um, let's go, go around here, Kyle, I'm going to have you like, what's one piece of advice that, that maybe you heard today or that, that was triggered that you like would want to share as we kind of close down
0: for you, you inspire, because I, I take silence is somebody not liking me or is somebody not buying into what I'm getting at. Now, when you talked about, the the lady who said, I, I belong here. Yeah. If you want to set the tone in any meeting, any room, any training, anything, you have to be willing, okay, we're all married guys here. If you make it your wife's idea, it will always work, right? <laughs> That's the secret to marriage. Like sure. whatever you want to do, you got to make it your wife's idea, and she's going to buy into it. You made it that room's idea, and very few people are willing to be that vulnerable and that awkward candidly in a room full of people to allow the room to draw their own conclusion. I suck at that. I I cringe at the thought of that, but I think about how that set the tone for the rest of the conversation that you had throughout that day. And that's something that you have to be willing to do in order to get the results that you need. Yeah. That that is my biggest takeaway. And I just, I kept thinking about how I would have handled that situation where I would have wanted to jump in and say, no, it's because you belong here. Right. I wanted to tell somebody how they should feel as opposed to allowing them to come out with their own conclusion on how they should feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, it's it's just three words. Just be human. Yes. Just be human. Yeah. Right. It, it, everything that we talked about today was you. you could tie it back to that. And that's you know what's kind of cool about it was, um, I think it's easy to accept those things as reality. But when you're sitting in a you know a, a little group like this, and you got two other guys that are sharing stories and they're talking about experiences that they've had, every single one it affirms that concept. So like if to me, like if you're listening to this podcast today and this is convicting of you, and you're going like I can do better in that that area, like just be human you will never regret that investment right there.
2: Nope. I think for me, it's the power of connections. You know, obviously, like this is the first time I've met you and I guarantee you that's going to spark me getting your phone number later, us getting back together and doing this again. Um, but it, it it takes getting out of comfort zones and, you know, meeting people and, you know, sitting down and having a cup of coffee. And, you know, the I, the coolest thing, kind of where this podcast you know spawned from was talking about leadership in like, I know the content that's going to come out of his mouth. You know, the content that you <laughs> shared today wasn't anything mind blowing, but the way you said it, I went, Ooh, I like, I like how he, how he, how he said that. So like, you're definitely stealing you know things out of your mouth that I am going to use later for for training or for leadership or uh, sharpen
1: uh, iron sharpens iron right exactly right we're all so, a
2: tapestry of
1: plagiarism
2: yep exactly right you know and <laughs> it, I'll be the smartest man in the room and everybody's going to go man like that was a mind blowing comment well it was Kyle's comment nobody nobody heard it on the podcast but I I just shared it today that's right you know but it's yeah it's 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 connections in. um you know, just personal growth, you know, when you put yourself around people that, you know, will challenge you and will ask questions and not just take yes as the answer, but we'll get there eventually to, to say yes. I think that is is one of the big things. So I appreciate you being here today. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you guys having me. And if there's anything that I can say, and James, you know this because you create a lot of content, Matt, I, th- I feel like, you know, you, you have this podcast and there's a lot more content that you probably want to create and, and get out there. When you create content, you have this mental Rolodex that you can go back on, right? And I think about myself with One Minute Wednesday. I literally have 150 different lessons that I can fall back on, right? Like Flaming Hot Cheetos and the guy that created those, right? He was a a janitor with a fourth-grade education. Nobody knows that, right? That's great One Minute Wednesday. There's that. There's Alexander Graham Bell. There's Bob Ross, Right. When you create content, you just have this mental Rolodex that you can come back on. And I say we're a tapestry of plagiarism because we are, right? I steal stuff from James, I'm going to steal stuff from you. And you're just this tapestry of just one lesson that you've learned along the way from different people.
1: Well, the One Minute Wednesday was certainly an inspiration, plus your encouragement to me to start the jam sessions. Boom. I love the jam sessions. And I'm <laughs> gonna
0: right. hold you accountable to keep those going there too. Yo,
1: go, man. I'll let you. I awesome. want you to. Awesome. All right. Hey, this has been great. My name's Jim. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks. Well, whether you're a longtime listener or brand new to the 2120 podcast, you know that Matt and I are passionate about helping you create a great customer experience. But did you know that we can actually help you do that in your business? Go to CXPGuru.com to learn more. That's CXPGuru.com. We look forward to speaking with you and we'll catch you again for another episode of the 2120 Podcast.